my kid is is my greatest success. And now she's older and she's her own person. So now it's, you know, seeing her set the same type of goals and, you know, showing her that like, listen, I'm old to her. I went back to college. I started a business, you know, and now she sees these things and she has her own goals. And like her success now is what I consider success. Because we're awesome and we're fun and we're very good looking. So I feel like... <laughs> like what? Okay, cool, bye. I like that, but I also... Oh no, that's wrong. Welcome, everybody, to this brand new podcast called Angled. I am Allie, here with... I'm Tanuke. Hello, hello. And this is the Angled Podcast. Yes. Tanuke, as you always do for me, a little well-being check. How are you? I'm doing really well. I am feeling calm. Um, I just wrapped up the school year. I'm an educator. We made it. I'm super, super proud of my students. Um, And because it is officially the start of summer vacation, (laughs) I am feeling quite calm and quite happy and relaxed and um, ready to see what the summer brings. How are you, Allie? How's your day going? I am so glad you're getting a break and a little pause in the chaos. Mm -hmm. I just got back from a couple different long journeys. I shoot weddings, as you know, and so I drove to and from Boston and then to and from uh, Lehigh University for some shoots. So I'm also embracing a brand new week of some calm just to edit and get my ducks in a row and go back to shoot next weekend. So That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But so we are, we're bringing you guys here. We say all these things because Tanuke and I have these talks all the time and it's, it's this ever flowing, like ever evolving question of how are you? Like, what's next? What are you going to do? Are you okay? And we thought, why don't we ask more people in our community, like how they're doing, how are they getting through and, and what, you know, what is giving them purpose on a daily basis? And it brought us to this idea of, of success, right? Like, how do you define it? And what is it to you? And is it, is it something in you? Is it the people around you? And ultimately we thought, how can we exhibit how strength and community really build success? Because everyone has a different version, right? It means something different to everybody. So, um, so yeah, that's why we're here. And our first story is one of Tanuke's oldest, loveliest friends. Her name is Ashley. Yeah, and Ashley tells her story and shares a lot of insight on the twists and turns and angles that she's taken to get to where she is and our hopes as we came together, um, talked with different people and heard their story was that we would be able to inspire others and give others an opportunity to really listen in on how people took on challenges and changes and just kind of started to crush it under the radar. So our hope yes, I love that. <laughs> our hope is that you will enjoy listening to their stories and their takes and their journeys as well and find some motivation on your own journey as a listener. I'm really excited about the guest that we are bringing in because she has been my best friend since I was two and she lived across the street. I love this. Yay. Mm -hmm. Her name's Ashley O'Donnell. She is a business owner. Her business is called Hella Classic. She's also part of the executive team of a nonprofit called Misfit Heroes. And we're going to bring her in and ask her some questions about life. Love it. And this is so important to us specifically because we really want to talk about community, foundation, the important um, the importance of family values. And I feel like this guest really speaks to all of these for you and will be a wonderful person to, um, to get insight from. So there we go. Ashley, could you introduce yourself real quick? Of course. Happy Saturday. Um, my name is Ashley. Yes. My name is Ashley. Um, I've known Tanuke since I was two, I think. Right, Nuke? I think two. two yeah. yeah, we grew up right. on the same street um, and here we are a lot of years later, still friends. Um, I'm a mother of one. I have a 12-year-old daughter. Um, I'm a business owner. I own Hella Classic, which is a 
um, hair and accessory line as well as wearable merchandise. Um, that's almost one years old, so that's exciting. I'm also the director of community services of a nonprofit here based in Narsound called Miss for Heroes. Um, and we actually started um, in the middle of the pandemic, so it's been interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, to say the least, it's hard to help the community when the community is supposed to be inside. Um, <laughs> um, and what else? Oh, I was a high school and college athlete. I played basketball. I went to college on a scholarship. I'm also a college dropout multiple times. Um, yeah, and I, I'm excited to be here. I had a goal to try to expand what I do and being on podcasts was one of them. So thank you for helping me reach a 2021 goal already. I appreciate it. Well, okay. So Tanuke, then I'll have you start with, um, you want to ask Ashley our first question? Cause guys, yeah. our whole thing here is we have a roadmap where we are here to not only learn about Ashley, but how Ashley has gotten where she is. And we're going to learn um, what steps she took to create the pathway she wanted and how it may not have been perfect. And that we'll hear about the challenges, the ups and the downs and um, you know, different ways to achieve success in Ashley's point of view. Mm-hmm. So Ashley, I'm just so happy you're here. I, I think it's marvelous for us to talk to people we've known our whole lives um, because even though we might have known friends and had people in our circle and you know text each other every week <laughs> um there's still so many details about our lives that can be revealed when we really like get down to asking about how we got from one step to the next so the thing that i i like love the most about you ash is your resiliency and your bounce backness if that's even an adjective <laughs> so i guess i want to say have you taken turns on your search for success and what were those turns a thousand percent um and as i get older <laughs> like each phase of my life i think success is kind of different um i've kind mm -hmm. of always known that i've always wanted a family i wanted a mm -hmm. career and i wanted a happy marriage like my high school yearbook picture says like i want to be a lawyer be happy and raise a family like basically that was mm -hmm. the summary of it um but in high school, my success measure, I guess, was getting a scholarship to college because, you know, I had played basketball from the age of 10 to 20 something years old, all with the goal to get a scholarship. Right. So then when I got that, it was, OK, well, now I'm here. So now what do I do? You know, what's the next goal? And then it was just to be the best player I could be on the team, be the best, be the captain. I did that. But along those lines, I got hurt. I had to sit a year. I transferred. Um, I went to school in Massachusetts my freshman year. I transferred back to Pennsylvania to a HBCU called Cheney University. Um, and that was completely different than my previous school. Um, while in college at Cheney, my younger sister got pregnant and we're a close-knit family. In my head, I was like, I need to go to work and help my sister because she was only in high school. So now my success had changed to helping my sister, helping my little sister. I left school. I went home. I got a job. I worked at The Gap. I loved it. It was the best thing I thought at the time. Um, <laughs> discounts. And, you know, I was young, so I would go out all night and go to work and go to sleep and do it all over and over again. Um, and then the goal was, you know, get a management position. I got that. Then I got bored. Um, so as I grow, it, it changes. I left there. Um, I went to another company. I was there for almost 10 years. Left there for 15 months. Went right back for another, like, three years. Um and in that time, I was raising a daughter. I had a daughter really young, not expecting. And then success turned into raising a good kid and having a good job. And I did those things. Right. Um, and it was hard, so hard. Some days I was like, what What did I do? Like, what? what is my life? What am I doing? And I just always remembered that my biggest success was raising a person that is a good person. Like, I hit maybe 25. My daughter was like three. And I was like, Nothing else matters because you have a human that you need to raise. Um, and that's always been my biggest focus. And I still think it's my greatest success. Um, my kid is, is my greatest success. And now she's older and she's her own person. So now it's, you know, seeing her set the same type of goals and, you know, showing her that, like, listen, I'm old to her. I went back to college. I started a business, you know, and now she sees these things and she has her own goals. And, like, her success now is what I consider success. Um, of course, I still want to get married and have a happy home. And like, to me, that is my success. 
raising happy, healthy children and being happy and healthy myself. That's my success now. Um, like I said, having a kid at 22 was probably the, that's the biggest turn on any of the success. My whole life changed. I went from being carefree and fun to I'm a mom. Um, yeah. So new identity oh, change. Identity change for years. It took me years to figure out how to be me, Ashley, myself, you know, that person that I am, but also be a mother. Um, and, you know, she was born in 2008. It, the internet was a little different. So it wasn't like you could go on Instagram right. and see people who felt how you felt. Um, and that was another thing, you know, I felt like, you know, everyone loves being a mother and I'm having a hard time. My kid is, you know, she didn't sleep. She was a wild kid. She's still, she was fun, but like, you know, when you're tired and working on three hours, it's not fun. Um, so right. just, you know, like <laughs> my success now was her and I think it's been good. And, you know, she's just showing her how to be a person and how to, set goals and be successful at them. I told her I wanted to start a business and I wanted to start that before she was born. And here we are at 12 and I finally did it, you know? And she reposts everything on Instagram. She tells me she's proud of me. Like that's my biggest success. And I want more children. So that, you know, like I said, raising happy and healthy children is what I now consider success. Um, and it took a lot, like I said, to get there. College dropout a couple times, you know, raising kids, trying to. Um, so that that would be it. Sorry, I totally yeah. interrupted you, but I was like so curious when you said she was proud of you and reposting your stuff. And I think that is so telling. I think that means like, you know, she's not mad at you. You were never like bailing on her. Like she is your big support. Like, do you, could you say some of the things or the steps you took that you think created that relationship? Like as part of your success story? Yeah, uh, when I found out I was pregnant, I was surprised, but I instantly... I'm one of those people, I like facts. I need information. Um, I try to work on like extreme, not extreme logic, but I try to be logical um, because yeah. I'm very emotional. And when I'm emotional, it doesn't matter what you say, I don't care. Um, so when I found out I was pregnant, I needed to understand like, what's the facts of like having a baby? Like, how do you raise a human? You know, no one talks about that. It's just like you have babies and people raise them but like how how do you raise somebody you know I'm 22 I'm like I don't even know what I'm doing half the time totally um and I got on the internet and I used to just read all the time you know how you know I knew I was having a daughter I know that you know being a girl comes with a lot of things and a lot of problems and a lot of stereotypes and a lot of expectations and I was just like how do I just raise a happy kid <laughs> like what what are the steps for that and I started reading things on you know happy and healthy kids and you know how to you know adults who are happy and what makes them happy and, and ways to feel happy and luckily her dad was on board with you know we wanted a happy healthy kid that's what we wanted so I would be reading him and tell him and we together you know kind of stuck to the blueprint that you know she's the most important and we want what's best for her and we were able to both stay with that as the main focus and I think that's a big part of our our success of Amaya's success that's her name Amaya um, and like the way that she is and the way that, you know, I'm trying to teach her to be successful. Um, because her dad yeah. also, you know, he's, he sets goals and he can, you know, we talk to her like a human, you know, he, he sets goals and tells her like, you know, this mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to do, you know, and if it doesn't happen, we sit her down, like, you know, it didn't work <laughs> and, you know, in a kid friendly way, but like, you know, it didn't work, but here's our next thing <laughs> we're going to try to do. Um, so she's always kind of aware of like what we're doing, um, because we never wanted her to feel like we were like, you know, abandoning her, leaving her because we still knew that we had lives to live and there was things that we need to do so she could have a good life. Um, and we really tried to do those things while she was younger because, you know, they don't really remember as much versus you hit puberty and you get a whole new set of problems. They need you more, even though they don't want you around, you know? So I think just reading about how to just be happy myself and how to raise happy kids and like really even when it was hard and didn't make sense and, you know, I'm working on three hours of sleep, like we just always try to remember, like, she's going to be an adult one day. We're not going to be able to protect her. So we need to make sure that she's ready to be herself and that she's comfortable with herself. Um, and I always try to remember, like, at the age that she is, how I felt. And that's been really, really helpful. Um, because I remember mm -hmm. being a kid and feeling all these feelings, but like, you know, adults weren't talking about that. You were a kid. You do what you're told. You go to school, you do your things, but like, there's no talk about it. 
So, you know, if she's having a bad day, I can remember being 12 and having a bad day. And it was because, you know, something at school, your parents don't care, you know, like they got to go to work and take care of the house. <laughs> so I think just treating her like a person and I wanted to be a good parent. I wanted to be successful at it. So I, I, I taught myself, I read about it, I researched it. And I think that is what's made us, you know, the mom and daughter duo that we are and her dad, you know, he was on board with everything that I said, even if he thought it was a little kooky. Um, he still, he tells me I'm a little bit like, I'm a little hippie ish. Um, but like, you know, if we did it and it worked, he was like, Oh, okay. Well, you, you know, whatever you're reading must be true. So that's kind of, you know, that's where we're at. Sometimes Maya is my best friend and other times I'm her mom. I'm not her friend. You know, I think we, I try to be balanced and I try to keep balance with her. And I think that is, part of the success you know she knows I'm going to have a down day and then some days I'm going to be in her face and annoying her just because I want to hang out are you and her dad together or were you doing this no um the first three years we were together and then we weren't so for what the last nine years now we've just been co-parenting it wasn't always easy but um I would say probably in like last three four years we really like hit our stride (laughs) it's 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 nice. She, we do 50-50. She goes a week there. She comes home. We only live three blocks apart, Got so it. it's even nicer. But, um, yeah, it, it was not easy. But now it's successful. Like, And, again, that's another thing I researched. Like, I feel like the things I've been successful in, I've researched them. I wanted to be successful. I sought out the knowledge and the information to, like, do it. And, like, you know, some things that are emotional, you can't always research it, but you can get tips and pointers and you know, seeing other people do these things and knowing that they were able to accomplish what they wanted, like, it makes you feel like you can do it. You know, it's relatable. Regular people are doing these same things. Why can't mm. I live a happy life if they are too? Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, why right. can't I be successful? That's always kind of been my mindset. Like, if they have it, why can't I? I deserve it. Why not? You know? No, that you got to believe in yourself. Um, I think, Tanuke, unless you disagree that this could be a good segue um, to define opportunities that came of all these things, all these obstacles that Ashley clearly got through. Um, Could you define an opportunity, Ashley, that you have seen blossom out of this becoming a parent unexpectedly? Uh, Definitely. I think that when I got pregnant with Amaya, I was 21. And, you know, 21, what are you doing? partying and free. I had a real job. You know, I had a good, at the time, what I thought was a good job. I was working like, you know, 30 hours at the gap in the wintertime. I was working 40 because it was holiday. I had, I lived at home. Um, and like, I didn't have to pay rent. I would just, you know, buy stuff for my niece. Like that's fun. Baby shopping. I work at the gap. I go to Target, you know, go to Walmart, buy diapers, whatever. I still have money left. I pay our cell phones. Um, so I was just partying, having fun, good old time. And I got pregnant and I was like, wait, what? I, I can't work at the Gap forever. Like, you know, my kid's going to have school and I wouldn't want to hang out with them on the weekends because when I worked at the Gap, I work any day, any hour, you know? Um, and it just kind of hit, like something in me was like, okay, what do you want in life? You need to figure it out. You have nine months. Like you need to figure out what you want. And like, it wasn't a hundred percent clear, but I knew I needed a job that was Monday through Friday, nine to five. Yeah. Um, and I, put out my resume, did some temp agencies. I got a call, did a test, interviewed, got hired the same day as a temp in a um, records management company in a call center. Never had worked in a call center, but I worked in customer service. I've always been, you know, in store. So I knew how to be nice. Um, And I'm a quick learner naturally. And that was my first real, I got in there as a temp and on my 90th day, I got hired because all I kept thinking is I need benefits. You know, I need to take care of this human that I have. Um, and I kept thinking like, you know, eventually before I know it, she's going to be in kindergarten. We're going to have after school activities. We're going to have these things. I need to have the time and the money to do that for her. Um, and that drive gave me the opportunity to get this temp position and actually be able to get hired on my 90th day. And I was one of the only people who got hired on their 90th day. And I was there for 10 years. I just moved up. I did that. By the time I actually got hired, I had already been promoted. So having my daughter made me want to climb, I guess, like what you would call the corporate ladder, because I knew the higher I got, Mm -hmm. the better my hours and the more money I had, which meant more things for my daughter and more time for her. Right. So having her put put an extra drive in me, I've always kind of been, I don't want to say ambitious, but I've always wanted things, you know, like I said, why shouldn't I have it? I deserve Mm -hmm. it. So I've always had that, but like having someone else that, you know, 
eventually will be looking to you and looking up to you. I, you know, there was an opportunity to have a job and I didn't always love it, but I knew that this was a good opportunity and it provided the way I needed it to. Yeah. Um, and that kind of set the groundwork for everything else because from there, you know, I, I went to different companies and I, you know, each one was a new opportunity, but each one I was able to, you know, get more money or get better benefits. Um, because I kept thinking like my daughter deserves to have the best. Yeah. Like, why shouldn't I ask? What's the worst they're going to tell me? No. Um, right, 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 right. You know, and that's having her was it it gives me the drive to get the opportunities that I feel like I should have mm-hmm. you know because if it's not there I'm going to make it because I need to have that for her yeah sounds like it's presented a constant for you like you know we can all sit there and say yeah I could do this I want to ro- move up but I haven't asked yet whereas like having this daughter you're like oh I have to ask like I'm yeah yeah exactly because so. it's like I read an article Maya was probably like a year old and it was about how women never ask for pay raises or they never ask for the promotion or the interview through the promotion. And I was, and I'm like, I'm sitting there reading and I'm like, yeah, but why not? Like we, we birth children, we raise homes. Like why shouldn't I be able to get a promotion to watch a bunch of grownups? Like I take care of children. Why shouldn't we, you know, like we can do anything. I want my money and I want this job and I'm going to show you. Um, and I read that plus with having my kid, I was like, oh, I'm always asking. <laughs> Even if I go into a job that's offering more than I already make, I still ask for more. Why not? Mm-hmm. The next person will. Mm-hmm. I deserve the money. Give me, <laughs> you know, I'm worth it. I'm worth it. I'm going to show you with my work. I'm worth it. I, yeah. And, I think that's so smart. You know? it's, it really highlights like a system of, um, knowing self, like self-awareness. Right. And yeah. I think oftentimes in this world, we're taught, you know, of course, kindness is essential, but to lessen one sparkle is never the best choice. I think knowing that you value time with your daughter, that you value going for it, asking for things. And and I think that can often come from like the world of athletics, right? Considering that you got a full yeah. ride to college, you spent hours and hours perfecting your skills as an athlete. And I watched from across the street and it's just, <laughs> it was amazing to watch you play. And that same um, drive, ambition, um, value of saying, I'm going to go for the thing that I want and I'll be damned if <laughs> I get deterred from it, even if the trajectory of the plan changes, I think is really incredible. It's, it, it reveals fearlessness. And I think that's really important um, because it's, it's, it says that what you're looking to pursue and your why, which is in your case, your beautiful daughter, Amaya, who is inquisitive and strong, just like you said, it, it reveals that your, your why um, is the biggest part of your value system and allows for you to move forward, which I think is awesome. Thank you. I, I feel like when you have someone or something that is looking up to you like I feel like it's my duty to give her something good to look Mm -hmm. up to my mom did you know like we are their advocate we're their supporter we're everything for them and I just want to be the best everything that I can be for her she deserves it you know like we don't ask to be here we're born so you're here and it's my job to make sure that while you're here you're having a good time you know like being a kid enjoying life getting to see the good things because you know even though she was little and didn't see that we struggled now she doesn't have to worry about it you know and I just think that like you said that's that's my why like that that is the reason I think that I am this person versus the other person I probably would be if I didn't have a daughter I think that is coolest thing ever to hear (laughs) thank you I just believe in why so much. And when I hear you say, that's my why, it just proves that it's so important to have a purpose. And that purpose does not have to have any stigma attached to it. It's like the purpose is yours and all yours on your own. You know, like it doesn't have to be defined by anybody else. And like, this is why success is so different. You know, like the what he wants to accomplish next week, even though we're so similar and get along, is totally different than what I want to accomplish. Do you know what I mean? Like, right success and so yours it's just like really special to hear but to know, what were you gonna say I think I oh no you got me off I want to talk a little more Ashley as you mentioned raising a strong daughter having her be very self-aware what 
um, elements of cultural awareness, identity come up in your conversations with this young adolescent person who is in a stage where, you know, she's probably asking a lot of insightful questions and she always has because she's an insightful little lady. <laughs> so how do you how do you share ideas about cultural background with her and help her grow in her cultural understanding and awareness? So I it, so I didn't even know that I was making her aware of her cultural upbringing until she started sending me TikTok videos. <laughs> and it's one thing, you know, we talk about listen, I she is the child who wrote Black Lives Matter in Sharpie on her bedroom door and her mattress and her yes, bed frame. So I know that she knows what's going on. I'm always honest with her. I want her to be aware. She's a Libra. I don't know if you guys know, but they're very on, um, they're the scales. They want fairness. They want balance. Yes. Um, she's, and she's she's always been like that. Um, and she's also, um, she has a, a Leo moon. So she's, you know, that passion's also there. So she sends me these TikToks and they're like, you know, black family cookouts are like, and then, you know, it's like random things that happen at black family cookouts <laughs> or, um, I'm my, my mother's white, um, Irish and Polish. So they'll put like some random Irish facts up and she'll send them to me. Like, look at us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just living with me, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I was a political science major. So current events, politics, race, all that I'm mixed. So, you know, I, race has always been a huge part of my life, no matter where I went. If I went one place, I was too white. If I went another place, I was too black. So I've always wow. been aware that that's a thing. Um, Nuki's mom was actually the first person to tell me that tan is not a skin color. It's what your skin right. does. Um, I always tell people, um, even if they don't know Nuki, Nuki's mom was the the only like was my mom's white nothing and you know there's nothing wrong with being white of course I grew up in a family my mom was white my dad was black my mom got married my stepdad was black I've always my mom made it a point to you know I went to camp with my cousins you know she made it a point I celebrated Kwanzaa one year she made it a point to teach us to to teach us our history to know that you know what go on and not sugarcoat it you know the real history um and you know the part of white people and you know the part of you know the Irish and the Polish, like my grandparents, their parents immigrated here. So, you know, my grandma said a couple of Polish words. She, you know, would cook. My mom always made a point that we understood where we came from. So those things were never taboo with me and my child. You know, she can see that her grandma's white and her dad is dark skin. She's not blind. She, you know, in kindergarten, kids are like, oh, that's your grandma. How? You know, so she's, that's always been something that she's been aware of right. as well. Um, and we just talk about it. I mean, she can read. She has a phone. She goes on Instagram. She sees these things. She sends articles. But Maya's like me. I've always taught her, if you have a question, you go find the answer. So she'll go read it. And if she doesn't understand, she'll say, why is this this way? Or what does this mean? Or, you know, that's dumb. I don't, you know, that's not fair. Um, but Maya's pretty resourceful. And we also are honest in our house about what's going on in the world and how it affects you and how it doesn't and her experiences. And, you know, her experiences, walking to school. We live in Northtown, which is pretty diverse, but, you know, yeah. things still happen, you know? Um, she sees the things with the police. She's voiced her concerns, her fears. Um, you know, that's what we talk about. Um, but knowing that she understands who her mom is and who she is and her family and that our family's different um, and that, you know, we come in all colors. We have family members that are adopted, and, you know, and know that they're adopted, um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, you know, my family's kind of like a, a mix of people. Like uh, my aunt married, this is like, you know, in the nineties, you didn't see a whole lot of people like remarrying later in life. And now there's stepkids and stuff, you know, like I remember growing up, I was like, wait, what's a stepkid, you know, but that I had, there were stepkids in my family and we didn't treat them like stepkids. My grandfather always made it a point. If you came into our home, you were family. I grew up with my grandparents' house across the street from Nuki. There's eight of us in that house. So, you know, we always knew that family was important. And that's, I think, also something Maya recognizes. She sent TikToks that are like, if your cousins weren't your friends growing up, like you didn't have a fun life, you know, like <laughs> things like that. Like she, she's aware that like family's everything and like our family's different, but our family, you know, we have fun and 
you know, we talk about, she actually just sent me, um, a link for a DNA kit, you know, to find out what our makeup is. And I was like, well, you're not quite old enough for me, but I want to do one. So, you know, maybe we can ask your dad to do one and we can just go from there. And then once you turn 18, you can decide that that's what you want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so she's interested. She wants to know. Um, but yeah, she, I don't even know that I'm teaching her things until she says something or sends me something. I'm like, wow, like you're really listening to me. Like, this is great. Like I, you know, She's a teenager now. She just looks at me some days and is like, okay. You know, the same, way, the same way we did. And then she says something or sends me an article or, or some funny TikTok that's relatable. And I'm like, oh, you're there. You're listening. You understand what's going on. You understand who you are. It sounds like what we're really getting at and hearing here is that communication is paramount. And, a thousand percent. Right? And so she, between not only you and her dad, or you and her, but you and her dad, right? And so- Oh, Yeah these relationships, these partnerships change and no matter what they are, whatever you call them, it's how you communicate. And if, you know, if you guys hadn't spoken to each other and if you hadn't talked to her and listened to her, like you wouldn't probably be best friends in those moments that you are. So um, I feel like it's probably been a huge lesson in communication for you guys. It's a thousand percent. Cause it wasn't always like that. <laughs> like we were always able to communicate like what we wanted for Amaya, but just because you communicate doesn't mean that the plan to get there is going to be easy, you know? Um, so you can communicate and then you try to do this plan, but then sometimes when you're focused on the plan that you put in place, you stop communicating. Right. Now it's a mess. Um, but you know, we, like I said before, we've always had in mind that Maya was the most important. So somehow we always figured it out and communicated our way through it that, you know, this is the plan and it might not be your plan. It might not be my plan. It might be a mix. It might be a new one, but this is our plan. We're going to talk through it. We're going to get through it. And, you know, 12 years later, it's smooth sailing. Um, but you know, we put in a lot of work to get here. It's not easy to communicate. I know, you know, I grew up in a house and we didn't really talk about things. You know, we had conversations, but like important things, you kind of just, you know, yeah, we all know it's like the elephant in the room, you know? And I always wanted to make a point that like, just talk about it. What's the worst thing that can happen? You know, get it out there. I mean, do you think from saying that, you know, all these things you're able to say now, have you picked out strengths of your own that you didn't even know you had over all this time? Like that you actually have seen push you through situations where you're like, oh shit, like that, I'm really good at that. Like, this is something I, you know. Um, I think, yeah. And I think most of those aha moments are related to parenting. Like Nuki can tell you, like, I love being a parent, but some days I'm just like, wow, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm what did I sign up for? This is the whole crazy. other human. Like, it's an entire, you're raising a whole human. Right. Cause some days I don't even want to like raise myself, <laughs> you know? And then there's like this other person who's texting me, asking me if I can make her something to eat. And, you know, it's just like, <laughs> wow. But I think through that, like, especially when she was younger and like, I was dealing with my own personal thing. Like, that's the thing. Like when you're a parent, you deal with your own stuff outside of your own kids. You know, you're still a person. Yeah. Um, and there were times that like, I was depressed, damn near didn't want to get out of bed, but I had to, I had to go to work. I had to get her to school. I had to make money, you know? And I think in those times, like when I would finally like come out of those funks, I'd be like, wow, like, what if she wasn't here? Like, what if she wasn't your why to get out of the bed? Like, how long would you have been in the bed? You know, like how many jobs would you have Mm. lost? You know, because there's just, you know, there's phases in life that sometimes you just don't want to do anything for three weeks, you know, like you just, Oh, I bet. you you know, and like having a human on top of your own stuff, sorry. You can say what you want. You can say whatever. I was like, you can curse. I meant to tell you before we started, say, don't inhibit yourself. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, But like, yeah, dealing with your I was like, wait, uh-oh, no. Reel it back in, sis. Reel it back in. No, but I think, you know, dealing with your own stuff, like, you don't, sometimes that's all you can deal with, and you can't even deal with that. But, you know, I got this human who's standing at the foot of my bed that wants something to eat, or wants to color, or wants to watch TV. So, I think just, like, knowing that I really could do what I needed to do, even when I could barely move you know like mentally I think those have been my oh my god like I can do this like if I can do that I can do anything 
you know, like after, like once I had her, like had childbirth, I was like, oh, I can do anything in the <laughs> world. Like that was miserable. I did not enjoy being pregnant. It was, I was sick. Like it was not fun. So I was like, well, I can do anything now. I had a human. Like I did that. But then like, that's the easy part I learned. Like who cares about labor? It's a, you know, some hours, like who cares? I'm about to raise a human. And those times when I didn't want to get out of bed, but I did because, you know, she needs me. And coming out of those funks and being like, wow, like I really was able to do that. Like I was able to go to work and raise a kid. And even if someday she was in front of that iPad, she's alive, she's fed, she's clean, she's well, she's happy that she gets extra iPad time. <laughs> you know? Like five year olds don't care that you're laying in bed. They want to lay with you and, and watch their iPad that they're only allowed to watch sometimes, you know? Like um those were like my aha moments when I just didn't want to do anything but I you know I did it because it had to be done like knowing that even if it's something I don't want to do that I can suck it up and do it because I am a procrastinator like I always have been because I'm always like oh I work well under pressure and I do but like you can't do that with everything (laughs) you know Um, you can't procrastinate with a human you can't procrastinate with a kid they don't care what you got going on ever you could be in the bathroom. They do not care. You know, like my kid still comes in the bathroom and talks to me while I'm in there. Like you're 12. The bathroom's not big enough for both of us. She's just called me like, you know, like they don't care. Right. So knowing that I still was able to like care for her and she, you know, she has no idea that I was struggling. You know, she was five years old. They don't know what's going on. So yeah. being able to see, right. Being, yeah, right. I'm hungry. I want a different TV show. Like the iPad's dead and I don't know where the chart, you know, like stuff like that. Like who cares, kid? But like, that's their world. <laughs> you have to care, you know? Man, not ready. I'm not ready. I know I make it sound so horrible, but it's not like <laughs> sneaky. Some days I call her and I'm like, do you want her? <laughs> like, do you want her? <laughs> and then other days I'm like, oh, she's just so smart and fair and sweet and kind. You know, like after parent teacher conference and stuff, I'm like, oh my God, this is the greatest gift ever. And then like three days later, I'm like, wow, go to your dad's. <laughs> but that's the whole point, right? You weren't ready. You wouldn't have said, I'm ready to do this when you did it, right? Not so. at all. No, not. And even knowing the things I know, I'm like, when would I have mm. been ready? And I'm like, there's never a real ready time for a baby like there's never like you know like most people even people who plan they're like when it actually happened we still weren't really ready like being in charge of a human life is like something you'll never really be ready for but when it happens it's like you get ready you know totally um based on all of that and now having learned about another person without even being ready to learn about another person are there things now, Ashley, that you're more curious about that matter to you that you didn't think would matter before? Like things you're looking into more, reading more about? I, I've i always been into politics and what's going on in the world. Um, I was a political science major mm-hmm. my freshman, like one, one of the years I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now I, but it was always on a large scale. Now I'm worried about what's going on right. here in my town. Um, because that directly affects my daughter, her schooling, the budgets, yeah, um, totally. things that like budgets, like I never was looking at the township's budget, like whatever, like here, you take my tax money and nothing gets done anyway, whatever, have a great day, you know? Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, wait, no, I'm paying you all this money. Where is it going? Where's the budget? Like I follow the township pages. I follow like a couple of the different sectors that they have. They post the budget. I'm reposting it. We all need to see this. You know, I'm voting locally. Um, I'm donating to local organizations. I'm part of a local nonprofit organization, which had always been a dream of mine, but I never could figure out how that would play or fit into my life. But I think local politics, local policy is something now that I'm more interested in than I ever was before, because I know how literally voting locally voting for your mayor makes a very big day-to-day difference in voting for you know your senator like I and this is the thing I have I email my senators yeah you know like I have emails there's too much going on in the world for me to just sit back and not do anything like my daughter has to grow up in this so I think locally um and on the county level like in my township borough level and then even on the county level Montgomery County is where I'm from 
like I pay more attention. I want to know what's going on. I want to know who these people are. I want to know, you know, who are they as people, you know, their background, what they do, um, how they are, you know, because that affects my daughter, my black daughter at that. Like I need to be aware of what's going on. I think that's definitely the number one thing I'm more interested in now that, and, um, this is like the, the nerd parent in me, but like not with COVID, but like summer camps. My kid's not a sports person like I was. So I try to find like other camps, <laughs> you know, STEM, art, stuff like that. So those two things are things I never thought I would be really interested in that now I'm like, oh, do you like this? Do you like that? And hey, let me read up on this commissioner or this, you know, mayor candidate or whatever the case may be. See, I love that you said that. Like that hits so many points for me in my brain, speaking of nerds, because I just, nobody, like I actually have met people and I've dated people in the past year, even like our age range that don't vote. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Come on, like vote locally. I I totally agree. And like, that's why I love that you said that because it's just like the fact that hearing, even not even knowing why, but hearing that somebody wouldn't vote to you who has all these reasons to vote and reasons to have opinions on these situations and decisions being made. it's like the fact that you have that wherewithal and have these responsibilities that apply to these policies is just so important to hear because it shows how much or how disconnected other people are that are part of that either not voting or voting potentially incorrectly that it's like hurting other people you know so I love hearing you say out loud why those why that's important to you and why voting locally matters it's just like that needs to be like echoed through the mountains in my opinion so you know and a lot of it too I think is uh, it doesn't matter to people right you know until it's directly affecting them it doesn't matter because like honestly I can sit here and say like yeah here at 34 35 years old I'd be voting locally if I didn't have a Maya but like would I you know would you be you know if yeah Mm -hmm. you know because like would I even be living this life I might be living a completely different type of life and I'm going to work making my money and doing whatever you know like I would that be a thought the budget what do I care about the budget I don't have any kids in school you know like but not realizing the budget includes the police the other entities, you know, the recs and the, you know, the recs and parts department, things like that, that, you know, people use, you go out and use the trails right, and things right. like that. So I, I've realized that, especially when it comes to voting until it's real to people or affects mm-hmm. them directly, they don't care. Right. Right. You know? And it's like, you, you can't make them care until something happens. That personal feel it, impact. Or something personal. Exactly. Um, yeah, for sure. But I'm voting. <laughs> yeah and I'm telling everyone that I know to vote like I was texting people during this like not as crazily as the others but like hey you know we got to go vote this day do you need a and ride and we're in Pennsylvania like, so it really mattered in this state okay I was donating my little three dollars here and there like totally <laughs> you know totally uh and I'll even admit that this entire movement and that we've seen like the social movement had me looking up things I didn't know about. And I couldn't have been happier to find like an organization that really focused on black girls that wanted to code and wanted to work on information technology. Like I embarrassingly didn't even know that was an organization. So thank God I had the impulse to look that up, you know? And I think um, that's a big part of it. And that, you know, the same idea with, with you having a different purpose and looking up information on local policies, you know, it's just, that's huge. Um, when, is that what, like, when did you start that nonprofit? I would, I think our listeners would love to know more about, um, how you did that. So I actually didn't start the nonprofit. I, so Courtney Jackson, we actually went to high school together. Um, and she had did, um, when COVID first started, she posted that her and her sons were looking to donate things to the local um, nursing homes because you know COVID. My grandfather actually passed away in a nursing home from COVID, so I was like, "Yes, please, here, take my money. Like, let me. How can I help? I can't leave my house." Um, and she did that, and I, you know, I donated some money, and I, you know, asked a couple other people, like my mom and stuff. Um, she did it, and it was a good success. She posted pictures; it was great. And then she reached out a little later and said, "You know, I'm starting this nonprofit. Um, the basis is, you know, everybody needs help sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know." 
um, whether you're homeless or you're just, you know, you're a single mom with some kids and you just, you know, you're living paycheck to paycheck and you need just something to, you know, a meal to get you over to the next day. Basically, you know, you're never too good to need help and you're never too good to give help. Um, it's called Misfit Heroes Inc. And she asked me if I'd be interested in, in helping her, you know, do things in the community. And I was like, what? I had literally just been talking about nonprofits, um, like to some friends and how, you know, that's always something I wanted to do. And I just, you know, I didn't know how to get into it, you know, and it's kind of just fell in my lap. And the things Courtney has envisioned for Misfit Heroes um, like in the future are amazing. I'm so excited, but we've done smaller things because again, it started in 2020 during COVID. Mm-hmm. Our first event was a grab and go for our homeless community members. Um, and we gave out meals and bags full of toiletries and things like that. Um, partnered with some, with a local church as well. So they were doing burgers and dogs. So just helping where we can, and we're new, we're still trying to, you know, raise money and things like that. So we can continue to expand. Um, in December, we did a reading, a virtual reading program where we had um, Black authors come on and via Zoom read their books. Um, oh, I love that. Via Zoom for like bedtime. We did it around bedtime so parents could log on. You could watch it, you know, tub, Zoom, get in the bed, good night, have a good one. Um, <laughs> and that's going to be something that we're going to continue to do. So if there's any Black authors out there who do children's books or any author really, um, you know, please reach out to us. We'd love to have you come on. We're trying to do one reading a week. Um, and we just had, uh, there's a lot of different things that we're trying to do that we want to do. We're doing a mother's day, um, event, hopefully pending how COVID is, mm-hmm. um, and it will benefit a, um, us supporting, um, single parents, um, or teen parents who are expecting or have a newborn child. So we're just trying to help where we can, and we're not trying to do band-aid fixes, you know, because of COVID, we've been just doing little events, but eventually it will include counseling and just trying to help stop the trauma and break the cycle and, you know, really start to make life changes. And that's real because Um, it's like, you're, you're looking to fix bigger systemic issues and problems and to really like get your feet on the ground to make sure that the community is uplifted and exactly. I appreciate always seeing, you know, different posts. And we have in this time where we're all kind of separated or in our homes, social media to still be able to connect with each other, to still be able to talk on Zoom, to still be able to FaceTime. And it's just really cool hearing. I get chills thinking about it because I don't know, Norristown has had and always will have like a huge chunk of my heart because that's that's mm-hmm. my first 18 years of my life (laughs) and and that's you know like that's where when you grow up and you know the community and you you know what people have lived through and been through and Mm -hmm. have become and what they're still going still going through but but what they've what they've been able to build resilience of as a and 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 are continuing to bring up other people it's really amazing and and I guess like that what I what I'd love to hear more about is just like your take on community, because I, I feel like you've always looked to bring people together and make sure that people are working toward good collective causes, whether it's make sure these young kids have somewhere to go after school and they're working on basketball or make sure these young girls know that they're beautiful or in the case of Misfit Heroes, how can we ensure that people have access to necessary resources in the midst of a pandemic. So could you share a little more about what community means to you? Yeah. So I think community means to me family. Um, I come from a huge family. Like I said, we lived, I think there was eight of us in our house and it was a, don't get me wrong. It was a big size house, but that's a lot of people in one house and it's three generations, my grandparents, my parents, and then the kids. Um, And my grandfather and my mom, it's always been, if my teammate needed somewhere to go or just wanted to get out of their house or even like Nuki lived across the street, like everyone was welcome in our house. Everyone called mom, mom and pop up, mom, mom and right. pop up. You know, like that's just how I was raised and bringing people together is just always how my family's been and just my personality naturally. I want my friends to be together. You know, I want us to be around because when we're around, it's a good time. And I know that like, especially when I was younger, if I was dealing with stuff, I wanted to be around my friends because I don't have to think about it. Mm. And you know, back then community was, you know, being around my friends and even just being in my house. I love being in my house. I still love being in my house. Nuki can tell you, like, we would hang out in my room hours with my and sister watch movies and, my and dance <laughs> like, and braid hair. It was great. 
Right. <laughs> and we'd go to Nuki's house and sit in her room, you know, but like my house always had more people because I had a sister and there might have been a cousin over or a teammate or who knows, you know, Nuki could tell you. We, there was always somebody. I think at one point um, half the basketball team was in your room and we were just sitting there like at least. Probably while well, probably watching MTV or <laughs> listening to music <laughs> with my grandma knocking on the door, dropping off snacks. Like that's just, you know. She like, always had cookies in the kitchen. Like, huh? <laughs> every she would literally just be taking cookies or she'd have anything brownies I don't know how she knew and I really do think it was interesting because like at my house it was a little quieter people were always traveling or people were coming from other countries to visit but I'd go to Ash's house and I'd knock on the door They're like why are you knocking just walk like, in we your had, family we, <laughs> we didn't lock the front door we didn't lock the front door until like after nine o'clock and then right. even still usually the back door was unlocked because you know why not? Like, just come on in. Like, we, you know, we lived in a neighborhood that was so safe enough. But, like, yeah, when Nuki would knock on the door, ring the doorbell, my whole house would be pissed. Because, like, one, there could be a baby sleeping or somebody sleeping. You never know. And two, girl, you look, stop knocking on my door. We've known you since we were infants. Please. Walk in. My whole girl used to be like, why does she knock? <laughs> why is she knocking? Like, just walk in the house and say, hi. Somebody's going to be there. You don't ever have to worry about that. Right. But, yeah, I think community is family. And even as I've gotten older, I've always played sports. So it was always, like, you know, a sense of team, you know, team and community. And I've always played team sports where you've had to work together. And, like, I think that's just also part of my natural makeup. Like, that's just kind of who I am. Um, And I – the thing is, though, I I make friends and I keep them for a long time. Like, most of my friends I've known over 10 years. And that's, you know, in my adult life. Um, I still have friends like Nuki who I've known since I was three. My daughter's godmother I've known her since I was in eighth grade seventh grade something like that you know our first date was like rollerblading in ninth grade like I've known these people my whole life so I've always wanted my friends my new friends to meet my old friends why not you know if you're friends with me I feel like y'all all will get along you know and that's one thing I have friends you know we all have those friends who hate people they don't like anybody but like even those friends are like oh like no I like your friends like I think that I just pick good people and I'm just very lucky so my sense of community has always been a good community, you know, oh, and yeah, totally. even, and I think that makes a difference because some people are like, oh, who cares about community? Whatever. Like, I need to take care of me. But like, you can get a lot done in a group. Right. And even with the nonprofit, like Courtney brought me on and, you know, I've known Courtney since high school, but like, we haven't really spoken since then. You know, she's a mother, a wife, she has children. I have children. Like, it's different, you know, and her background isn't, um, you know, social things and, you know, community and trying to build, like, that's what she lives for. And, like, seeing her so inspired and seeing these ideas that she has really, like, inspired. I'm like, oh, this is what I want to be a part of. I mm-hmm. love Norristown. I'm from Norristown. I went away for school. I came back. Like, I know these people, you know? I've seen some of these people my entire life. And knowing that she wants to better and not just do a little quick fix, but, like, a an actual break the cycle you know like I can yeah. imagine is how great our town would be once we're able to break the cycle or break the hole that's on it you yes. know she has not only she has a plan but she has tangible action items and resources and people that could assist with it and it just I I just get excited because I'm like Narstown deserves this the same way I said earlier like why don't I deserve more money why doesn't Narstown deserve more why doesn't why don't they deserve better you know and why shouldn't it be us to do it and why shouldn't we be able to partner with other people? And, like, community to me, like I said, is family. Narstown, whether we hate it or love it, Narstown's going to make you feel one way or the other, you know? And <laughs> that's one thing I've always noticed about people. You have people who leave Narstown and they say they hate it and they'll never come back, and that's fine. But then they come back, <laughs> you know? Like, people leave and they do come back, but even if it's just a visit, but, like, your family's still here. Why wouldn't you want your family to have better? You know, why wouldn't you want your family to have more? You right, know, right. Your people are still here. I think why should we try to make this better? I think that um speaks to the fact that you're sitting here with us and that Tanuke and I are sitting here because we we did that exact thing. We came back. We came back home. And I think that brings us back to the culture point, right? Like your family mattered to you from day one and you were raised in a in a position to appreciate what your elders said to you and that you didn't right. disappoint people and you had a support system and that will take you so far. It's so far. And like, 
because of that, you echoed that with your daughter, right? And so she's got right. the system and you want that to continue. And it just speaks to how important that foundation is, you know? Yeah. I thought I, with everything, your base is, your base, the foundation is what's going to make it stand. Yep. Literally everything in life, a relationship, your house, <laughs> a car, anything. Yeah. If it's, and even if it's a little shaky, you can continue to build on it and make it strong. And, you know, with Norristown, I feel like it has a shaky base, but there's so many good pieces to it. You know, it just needs to be made a little stronger. Um, and like, that's what I'm here for. You know, I want, I want that for Norristown. I'm from here. I know so many people who are going to, you know, even if I move and move to a different town and buy a house there or whatever, like my friends are still here. You know, I have friends who bought houses in Norristown with children. Why wouldn't I want them to have a good education? Why wouldn't I want them to enjoy school and playgrounds and things like that? Like they deserve to have that. And if there's anything I can do to give that back to a place that's given me who I am, I want to do that, you know? I love that. I Me too. I think um, that actually is a perfect way to kind of tie into one other huge question that could even be conclusive is the way you keep saying it's who you are and it's what you believe in. Like, do you feel that speaks to your greater sense of self in general and where you, how far you've, you've come based on the values that you have stuck to? A thousand percent. When I was younger, you know, when you're younger, you think you know everything and what your parents tell you doesn't make any sense. But I realized, you know, it does. Like when I was really, you know, even in college, like in college, I was on scholarship. I really didn't have to like struggle for anything. I was very lucky. I didn't pay for college. You know, I went to the cafe. I swiped my card. I got my books. Like I was on scholarship. I didn't have to think about those things, but like seeing other people have to struggle and figure things out and even just hitting my own dark spots in college. Cause you know, we're teenagers on our own trying to figure out life. The things that my mom or my grandma or even like Nuki's mom had said to me would always bring me back you know, would always remind me like, girl, get yourself together. You have things that you need to do, you know, just gather. And I think as I've gotten older, especially once I had my daughter, there's certain things that would always, you know, pop into my head that these women that raised me would say, you know, and the way that they did things, the way that they carried themselves, like, you know, my mom got the respect that she got because of how she acted, the way she carried herself, you know, who she was. My mom's very direct. Um, and when I was younger, I, I, I didn't do that because I was like, I, when she would do that to me, I'd be like, Hey, but like, as I grew older, I realized being direct is how you get what you want. If I'm telling you exactly what I need and want, and you can't do that now, I know, and I can move on, you know? Um, and all these things that they taught me, my grandmother's a little more, she's softer. She's so sweet, but like, you need that too. You know, you need to have that. Um, and just, yeah, the things that they taught me, the people that they are, what they showed me. My mom, even my dad, like my stepdad, like my my stepdad is my dad to me. You know, he is a man of his word. He's an ex-Marine and everything he said he would do, he did it. You know, I saw him get up and go to work every day. Um, What they showed me more than what they told me is why I am how I am, why I value the things that I value. Um, Family is most important because that's what I grew up in, you know? And like, even though we're older and we all have our own lives and we literally all have our own families now, we still get together. You know, and in COVID, you know, we FaceTime. It's different now. But at the end of the day, all you have is who you are. Right. And I need to be able to stand on that. And I need to be able to be proud of that. And I need to be able to have my kid be proud of that. You know, like who I am is all you have to stand on. My name is all I have. You know, that's what I'm born with. And that's what I'll die with if I don't die with anything else but that. And I need to be able to be proud of that. And I want Amaya to be proud of that. And yeah, my foundation, my core, who I am is from the people who raised me, the people who were important, the sense of family that was given to me, you know? Absolutely um, agree. I just, I just feel like my, the way I was raised, it's like, I deserve to have what I want. <laughs> like I was a spoiled brat in that sense, but like, I also had to work for it, you know? Like when I was told I could get a scholarship, why shouldn't I have that? I'm going to work for it and I get it. And that's just continue to carry on in life. If I want something, I'm going to get it. And it, the thing is, it may take forever. I wanted my business hella classic since I was before I had Amaya at 20 years old, you know, hella classic was my screen name for years. It's always been there, but I didn't know how to start a business. Then I knew, figured it out, but then you need money, you know, like it's a process, but I got it because why don't I deserve that? Why shouldn't I do that for myself? You know, it's been there for 10 years. I deserve to have that. And I think 
that's also part of who I am. I deserve things. I'm going to get it. I am who I am. And I have to stand on that. And that's everything Mm -hmm. to me anyway, you know? So grounding, right? (laughs) I, and I try to be like, you know, like you only get this one life. I want to be happy in it. And you know, the things that you read online about how to be happy have worked for me, you know, like, (laughs) and I'm also a factual person. So I like facts. So, you know, if I do it and it works, well, that's a fact to me for this, for this particular thing, I'm going to keep doing it and it keeps working. I keep seeing success. So, right. you know, just, I, I always say this and Nikki can tell you, like, I just want to be a good person, Yeah. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. the world's crappy enough. I don't, everything I do is not perfect. You know, I have shitty days too, but like at the end of the day, just try to be a good person and let karma deal with the rest of you. You do good, you get good. Mm-hmm. I could not agree more. I think Tanuke has taught me that over time. To be honest, the, <laughs> and the, sh- the shining light that comes out of Tanuke, I'm like, yeah, oh, oh, are you yes. positive? <laughs> but so no, that makes. I love sense. you all too. <laughs> <laughs> you are so positive though. It's so cute. Like I'd be like, oh God, let me call Nuke. She's just. I can hear her beeping through the phone. Like you're definitely. You're definitely that nuke, for sure. Well, I I appreciate both of you because I think even in the past four weeks, I've come to both of you for advice on different life things. And like when I was in L.A., Allie, you you helped me find what I needed to to find to feel centered and grounded and to have community. And and actually, you always encouraged me in ways. um, So I think just coming back to community, like it's just so important to have people who are rooting for us and sometimes people who believe we deserve certain things when we can't even see that for ourselves yet. Yep. Big so I, yeah. You know, I think that's key. It's like, well, why, why don't you deserve to have this, this good experience in life? You can grow. And, you know, we might not see that for ourselves, but having people around us who say, yeah, you should go for it. Here's some encouragement, you know, like uh, right. things of that nature. It's, it's, it's so important. Um, and I, I'm, I'm glad we we've had this time to, to talk and, and just to hear the specifics of how you've come to, to where you are, Ashley. Yeah. And I guess one thing I want to know before we, we wrap up is, do you have any anything you'd recommend for the next guest? Um, well, the one thing to... said questions. What's mm-hmm. an, um, something you should? And I said, what's one thing you're most proud of? Because as mm-hmm. I was reading, like, the questions that you guys gave me, I'm like, all these things, like, that I'm talking about, like, my success, like, I'm proud of that. You know, and like how I got there, I'm proud of that. So I think like one thing that they're most proud of. Um, I like I, yeah. I, yeah. Like when I read that, I thought of like, I was just like, God, like this is so exciting. And like, I'm so proud. Like, I you know I had to think about like, you know, the turns you took during success. Like these questions made me sit down and really like think mm-hmm. and makes you think about things that you, you, know, you haven't thought about in years. I had mine 12 years ago. Like the terrible stuff's in the past, but like, it's not like, that's really a part of who we are now. Like, you know, the things that we went through. So mm-hmm. that was my one thing. What's one thing you're most proud of? I just felt like when I was reading those questions, that's what I was feeling, you know? <laughs> I love that. That's great. Cause that means it gave you a little positive boost that, you know, you didn't even maybe know you needed in the moment. Who knows? Um, yeah, seriously. Yeah. No, these questions were insightful. It, it makes you think, but like in a good way, you know, like, yeah takes you down memory lane and sometimes you need that you know especially with everything going on in the world it was nice to like just revisit some things even if they weren't the best because now look like you know i'm here yeah I made it. <laughs> shining and thriving all these good right things that, right um i thank you so much for doing this thank you for even asking me to do this because you know i just think i'm a regular girl so to actually be able to come on and talk about things that I'm doing and, you know, actually think that people want to hear it is, it's does something for me. So thank you. It's different. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. <laughs> and I, I think a, a lot of people who will listen, my hope is that they'll find parallels and similarities between your life and theirs and say, wow, I'm in this place right now. And listen to all these amazing things Ashley's doing. <laughs> Maybe I'll be able to get there if I can just, you know, pivot or overcome some some big challenge or find a way to reach out to my community so so this has been really great thanks for yeah 
And you're not oh, just a regular you. girl. That's like the good part. The good part is that you are someone <laughs> working and had worked all these jobs. And it's like, who gets to hear you talk about it? Like, finally, someone can hear you talk about it. You know, we don't. I don't right. Know. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. Regular people are the wave. That's what I'm going with. You know, like, yeah, the world's crazy enough. What are we regular people that actually, you know, make the world go? What are we doing? Thank you very much. Both <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yay. Uh, well, that was awesome. That was so fun talking to Ashley. How do you feel about it, Tanuke? This was incredible. I'm so glad we had a chance to explore a lot of different topics that had to do with raising a child and adjusting your approach to success and finding new ways to have creative outlets. And I'm so happy that everyone here joined us for our first episode. So thank you for joining us for the Angled Podcast and kicking off our very first episode. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, talk about a version of success, huh? Your own Mm -hmm. kid. That's one perspective I definitely never would have thought about because I am not a mother and I don't know what that feels like, but I can only imagine that that is, you know, that's game changer. So it was really cool to hear to hear that perspective. Right, right. So, um, but yeah, so thank, thanks guys. I hope you got some good insight out of that. And, you know, it kind of dogged some thoughts and, and got you thinking about other stuff. Um, if you would like to re-listen or find us elsewhere, we are on Spotify, Stitcher, as well as Apple. And you can find us by looking up Angled Podcast. And of course, check us out on Instagram as well under the same name, The Angled Podcast. Yes, perfect. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you next time. What's your angle?